listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. goodness it's episode 138 we just clarified that i almost came into this episode saying it was a whole different number and it's not that number (laughs) that yeah that would have been i would have been eating crow yeah maybe i don't know but what does it mean see that joke would have been funnier last week yeah oh my god (laughs) that's why that's why i kind of gave you guys the side eye because i was just like wait a minute i should have used that last week oh i thought you were giving us the side eye because it was lame oh well i mean (laughs) So to eat, too. yeah. So eat crow is um, an informal North American saying to be humiliated by having to admit one's defeats or mistakes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about that's about. Aren't you so humiliated? <laughs> God, how embarrassing for you! Oh my goodness! A new week, a new episode. We are back here regularly. I know, I know, I know. We've said this multiple times before. <laughs> We've disappeared for long lengths of time, but here we are. We yeah. too. One of these days, you guys will accept us back into your hearts, I hope your so. minds, <laughs> your 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 horror rotations. I don't your horror know. hole. Your, your horror what? hole. Take us into your horror go. hole. That sounds both dirty and amazing all at the same time. Perfect. <laughs> I really enjoy that. I don't know if I actually want to see your horror hole. I do. Bring them on. Show me your horror holes. Oh my Post God. them on Twitter or Instagram. Let's go. You might want to con- keep that one to Twitter, though. I feel like Instagram will probably uh, ban your account or something. I don't okay. know. Depends on what your horror hole is. Yeah. A horror hole could also be like a den where you watch your horror movies. It could be. It could be. That's what I like initially, a hobbit hole kind of. That's what I initially <laughs> meant, but then I quickly realized that it could be taken in multiple directions. You can't it say could. the word hole without people thinking. You about really can't. Your 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 booty hole. Yeah. Your anus. Your <laughs> your rectum. <laughs> your, your your cave of wonders and horrors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depending on how much Taco Bell you ate. Oh, God. Terra Incognito, brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> I fucking wish. No. One Del of these Taco. days. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, now that they're coming to Virginia, here we go, Del Taco. It's the first. What was? What do you think their thought process was mm-hmm. to opening the very first Del Taco on the East Coast in fucking Virginia Beach? What Stoners. Was, <laughs> these people don't have good taste to begin with. <laughs> there Del, you go. Del Taco is delicious. We our apologies to any listeners we have in Virginia Beach. No, but you guys no, don't no, have no, a good no. taste. Palmer's, Palmer's apologies. I apologize for nothing. Virginia Beach is a cesspool. It is. I agree. I think uh, anybody that has passed through there um, will also agree with you. Um, <laughs> I like Virginia Beach. I and that's where we're probably going to end up going for future beach trips because it's easier to get to. <laughs> Yeah, it is easier to get to. Yeah, uh, somebody. So (laughs) my fucking my barber was like, have you been to Sandbridge? And I was like, no. She's like, you should go to Sandbridge for your vacation. And so I was like, Kelly, we should go to Sandbridge. 
Was she like the uh, mayor of Sandbridge or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, so I was talking to I was talking to Kelly about it, and and it was at her mom's house, and your her mom would just suddenly chimed in with, <laughs> "You don't need to go to Sandbridge." <laughs> really? What's wrong with Sandbridge? I don't know. She has an issue what did with she Sandbridge. Mean? Apparently, she was like, "I haven't been there in like twenty years, but it sucks." It's <laughs> like okay. Sounds I like something my dad would say. That's right. putting the kibosh on things. Hmm. Uh, I've also never been to Sandbridge. I, I don't think I have. Oh, yet. okay. You were talking like you like went to Sandbridge all the time. And no, I, I don't like, beach in Sandbridge. I'm an I'm an Outer Banks girl. I am an Outer Banks. Oh God, I, I really, I really hope we manage to get that tradition. We will back off we, the ground are, this year. We are going. Uh, I guess summer. Yeah. Yep. Some summer of our best episodes were recorded in. <laughs> My wife still hates me for not having her on that episode as our shark expert <laughs> and also stealing all of her shark facts that she told me about on the way to the beach. That's right. She's just so she flooded you with shark facts, and then we didn't even have her on. She's so mad, dude. I I would be mad that too. That was like three years ago. She still hates me for you're it. St- you're, you are, you you stole Beth, her job. I wasn't. I don't. I don't even know if we were married yet. You were not. If you listen to this episode, you are wholeheartedly allowed to still be mad. About that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm Palmer, and as always, I'm uh, joined by my lovely hosts, uh, Sam and Alex. To Lou. So. <laughs> Sup? <laughs> Toodaloo's goodbye. How, uh... Toodaloo! Nah, Toodle- you could use it as both, right? Toodles. Toodles? Yeah, no, I think Toodaloo's for goodbye. I think it's, like, a, 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 a goodbye. Okay, well... Hootie hoo! Hootie hoo! Alex is leaving us, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys been up to? What's going on? What's new? Uh, nothing. Nothing? <laughs> Oof. Alex is running a daycare of one out of her home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I'm> tired. <laughs> uh, I've... I've actually been watching a ton of horror and horror adjacent things mm-hmm. uh, in the last week. Yeah, yes. um, I've I've hit my like groove, uh, watching and working, mm-hmm. working from home. I, it, it took a year and a half, but I finally made it. Um, so yeah, a lot of good stuff out right now. Yeah, there's some incredible a lot of shows. Stuff. A lot of shows that are really good too. Fucking what was it? So all right, the Diablo. Two remaster came out <laughs> on Thursday, <laughs> and I was looking for something that I could watch while I was playing this game because it's kind of mindless. Mm-hmm. And once you like, you just kind of do the same thing over and over again on repeat and, and call it a day. But for some reason, I'm I'm needlessly addicted to this fucking <laughs> like formula that they pump. Yeah, it, it really, it's what it is. It's Candy Crush except with like less rewards. <laughs> and so I was playing it. And I was like, for the first whole day that it was out, I didn't have anything to watch. Because oh. I was like, okay, I could start Squid Game. Dude, so good. I could start Squid Game, but I was like, but Midnight Mass comes out on mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to watch just like three episodes of Squid Game and then immediately start watching Midnight Mass. And then, so I didn't. I didn't I didn't watch it. I watched oh, a whole bunch you made of like, mistakes. Sir. No, 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 no. I'm going to watch it. Okay. And it will probably get watched within the next week. But I watched a whole bunch of just like horror movies on Shudder, mm-hmm. and then Midnight Mass came out, and I actually had to do work. So I was watching this while I was working. And you watched you. that whole th- show I in one day. I started working at, at like around 8 a.m. or so, mm-hmm. and had Midnight Mass on in the background, and by episode five... Midnight Mass was no longer on in the background. It was my life. <laughs> and I was not working anymore. Yeah. You mean you were working very hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> extremely hard. You got a full eight-hour day out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But I got to, I don't know, I got to like, yeah, episode five and just like couldn't focus on work anymore and had to finish it up. I plowed through all seven episodes in one whole business yeah. day. That's, that is impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. I broke, even, I took, even watching it with Netflix's uh, one and a half speed, it's still impressive to get through that whole series in one day. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I just did it at, at regular speed. Oh, really? The only time I took a break was. Well, one, to work, and two, uh, the only time I got up from my computer, rather, let's rephrase this, to get up from my computer uh, was to nuke my lunch. (laughs) And then I went right back to it and just unpaused it and went back to town. Didn't you have to go to the bathroom? Uh, Did you take bathroom? Yeah, I have, he, he holds a bucket next to his seat. Yeah, so like I have this thing. Like Cartman? It's, it's, it's what they call a catheter. Uh, yeah, mom, mom! The meatloaf! Fuck! Um, yeah, I plowed through the whole thing. Uh, I have, one, not had a show... That I have not seen a show that has gotten me like that in quite a long time, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic because it's just a mini series, so it's got a definite beginning and a definite mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about Netflix canceling this, yeah. like season two. Yeah. I don't have to worry about any of this other bullshit, which and is a potential up. problem with Squid Game because it sets itself up for a second season, and I have not seen any announcement that there will be one. Okay. Even if there's not, it's still awesome. Okay. All right. Well, I'm still planning on watching it. Yeah. I am. It's awesome. It It is an eight-episode gut punch. Okay. Midnight Mass, if you haven't seen it yet, or if you're... I'm not... I am going to... I am not going to say anything more than I, I genuinely think that this is Mike Flanagan's best work. Great. I can't wait to watch it. And Alex, uh, you did send us possibly the second best thing that we've watched this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yes. It was what, amazing. What was it called? Fist of Jesus. <laughs> it's a 15-minute short on Vimeo. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> when, when he just pulled out the fish and was like, no, no. it's two fish. <laughs> I was just like, what? In the, I will, I'll put it in the podcast description because oh, it was genuinely amazing. Zombies, meat. I've the never f- seen. Funniest fucking thing. I never knew I wanted to see <laughs> Jesus kick a shitload of zombie ass. Well, that's, that's the amazing part. That, that's probably my most favorite thing about it is there's been this long-time running joke about Jesus raising the dead and Jesus and zombies yeah, and yeah, zombies yeah, yeah. Jesus, right. Jesus on Easter. Leave it to some indie group mm-hmm. out of Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Was it Mexico? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave it to some indie group out of Mexico to make a fantastic zombie <laughs> ass-kicking Jesus. And it was perfect. I don't want it to be a full-length thing. No, no, 15, no, I don't want to see flawless. anything more than the 15 minutes that I saw, but I would love to see other shorts the, done the little, by whoever the, did that. The little bit with Judas... <laughs> where he brings him back to life well, at least. the first time yeah. was the funniest fucking thing that I could possibly think of happening in that moment. Yeah. I, I will put that in the pot. Remind me, I will put I will. that in the podcast. I guess it came out in like 2012, so it's relatively older. Yeah. but Did it really? That was pretty good production for an online short it was, yeah. that came out in 2012. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was obviously done on a shoestring budget. Yes. It but like, it was still pretty good. It was pretty yeah. well done. I was, I was, 
it was one of those things I was like, what the fuck are you linking me? Oh, Jesus I, taught those men to fish. <laughs> and I, cl- I clicked the link, not expecting. I was on the toilet. I was taking a shit. I, was, I clicked the link, and I was like, "This is." I'm going to watch this for 30 seconds, and I'm going to go to YouTube. And, and do then whatever. his legs fell asleep, and, then, and he was on the toilet for next, an hour. Yeah, next thing I knew, though, it was almost over, and I was laughing my ass off. And Kelly comes, in, comes into the bedroom, not even the bathroom, because the, the whole bedroom probably smells by this point. She comes into the bedroom, and she's, she's just... Like through the walls, like what are you laughing at, <laughs> and why have you been on the toilet for so long? <laughs> That's how you get her notes. That's a myth. That is a myth. I know. <laughs> um, it is how I pull my back. But, yeah. I, but, but I was like, I'm watching Zombie Jesus kick a whole bunch of ass, and she was just like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> like, okay, dear. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I guess that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> what, else can you, what else do you have to say about that? Yeah, I, just, I, don't, found I that? don't. Yeah. That's amazing. Good find, Ben. Good job, Ben. Yeah. Well done, Benji. <laughs> not, not expecting that to pop up in my feed yesterday. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I wasn't either. Um, as always, we've got a whole bunch of horror news to jump into. Uh, this week, we're talking about Antrim, <laughs> which isn't really a cursed movie, but it is about being a cursed movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fictionally cursed movie. Well, don't give it all away now. Well, look. With the uh, illusion of being a real cursed movie. Yeah. All right. She gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it? Well, thanks I for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed this episode, as always. <laughs> uh, so why don't we jump off with uh, the horror headlines as per usual, and uh, we'll get into the rest in just a little bit. See you guys then. Headlines. Ooh, baby. This list here, we got a lot of stuff on this list here. Sam, I'm yeah. going to give you props because you typed this whole thing up this yeah. week, and I, I love you very much for <laughs> doing you, that. Sam. I tried to condense a lot of it, um, um, but yeah, there's there's a decent amount. There's I think, a decent I think more amount. than we expect to have regularly. Yes, but the, well, to be fair, I feel like we said we were going to limit it to like five, <laughs> but then we like we're getting we started doing episodes again like right near October, yes. and I feel like this is the the time of year. <laughs> Where we can talk a little bit more in length yeah. about the horror <laughs> headlines and stuff. Uh, so kicking things off, we've got a little bit of a double header. We got some some Elvira news. Uh, there's two things to note here. Shutter 61 Days of Halloween is unleashing a one night movie marathon event that's actually going on tonight as yeah. we record this podcast. Right now, right now, it's Elvira's 40th anniversary. Which goddamn dude, can we all ever, just hope yeah. to look as good as she does mm-hmm. when we're as old as she is? <laughs> Like, if she still doesn't look stellar, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you look at Elvira and you're just like, you're old. I, <laughs> I just I don't know what is wrong with you because she's still just an absolutely stunning woman. Um, It's Elvira's 40th anniversary. Very scary. Very special, special. She doesn't roll off the tongue at all, but it's, it suits her, her Get character. Get used to long titles, everybody. Yeah, right. Uh, the special debuts on, uh, well, tonight, like I said, Saturday, September 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time in U.S. and Canada via the Shutter TV live feed uh, and the Shutter app. So if you have, like, that, the app itself. But if I remember right, you can't be, like, a subscriber to Shutter through, like, Amazon. It has to be, like, directly be the through their Shutter app, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but then it'll be out on demand to everybody, I think, the next day, um, pretty much. So uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of, like, 
I guess late night television inspiration stuff that that's that Elvira has been you know known for. She's going to be doing her movie Macabre, which debuted in 1981. Um, Elvira will lend her own blend of witty commentary to a horror movie lineup that includes Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, House on Haunted Hill, the original one, uh, The City of the Dead, and Messiah of Evil. Uh, she said it's always tough turning 40, but what better way to mark the occasion? Uh, then a one-night stand with Shudder, the spookiest of streamers. Uh, it's going to be the ultimate hallow anniversaween bash. <laughs> Good job on actually getting through that word. Because yeah, I've tried that. to say it like five times and I can't do it. Um, and you don't want to miss it. Uh, Shudder GM Craig Engler, who, he seems like a genuinely good guy. I started following him on Twitter. Okay. He, uh, for, for somebody who is the general manager of a streaming platform, he's... Very willing to engage with his audience. It's wonderful. Well, it's also it's also that it's a niche streaming platform, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he comes he does come across as the kind of guy that not only like does his job because it's his job, but is genuinely like interested and committed yeah, he likes horror. to yeah. Um, he said, uh, "Elvira is a legend who's been lighting up our screens and delighting fans for forty years, and we're honored to celebrate the Queen of Halloween's fantastic career milestone with her new very special special, the perfect treat for Shutter members this Halloween season." Uh, additionally, a little bit of info came out about Elvira, uh, courtesy of of I think a biography that she yeah, she got a new uh, memoir out uh, came out with. Uh, Would my fans hate me? She said, uh, "For not being what they expected me to be." Um, I'm very aware that there will be some who will be disappointed and maybe even angry, but I have to live with myself. And at this point, I've got to be truthful about who I am. Peterson had a 25-year marriage to a singer-turned-manager, Mark Pearson, and a relationship with a woman who was, uh, I guess, was something new for her. Um, she and a close friend, Teresa T. Wearson, were at a movie together when things seemed to escalate. She shares in her book about a sudden desire to kiss, kiss Wearson. Kiss Wearson. Kiss Wearson. <laughs> um, I think I was more surprised. What the hell was I doing? I'd never been interested in women as anything other than friends, and I felt very confused. This wasn't just me. I was stunned, and I'd been, with her, been friends with her for so many years and never noticed our chemistry. I soon discovered that we were connected sexually in a way that I never experienced. And now the two have been together for 19 years. Not not an easy feat. Um, the Lovebirds kept their relationship quiet in fear of coming out. What coming out would do to uh, the Elvira brand? However, the world has come a long way, and Peterson now feels that living her most authentic self is the best thing that she could do. And you know what? Round of applause. Yeah. I, so, think, it, I think it fits with her brand. I do too. Honestly, like there were, there were additional excerpts that I had come across in a different article uh, from this memoir. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it was kind of recapping a conversation she was having with somebody about it who was asking, like, oh, are you gay? Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you coming out as gay? She's like, no, I still find men primarily attractive. Right. Um, but you got chemistry with somebody. You got yeah. chemistry with somebody. And, and that's that's really what it turns out. And so, like, there, there's this, like, whole back and forth in this section um, about this person trying to, like, label it. Right. Like, are you gay? Are you bi? Like, whatever. Right. And at the end of the day, her point's like, it doesn't matter. Like, that it, that's irrelevant. Like yeah. I, I'm attracted to men. I'm also attracted to tea, and I have known tea for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And over the years, our relationship progressed and progressed. And like I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, why does it need to be I'm gay or I'm bi? Um, so it's it's a really interesting episode. I want to track down this memoir though because it it does seem. Really interesting to see. Honestly, I she's, guess. she's lived such an interesting life just mm-hmm. just from what you've seen in the public eye, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Somebody who has actively been like a sex icon and not 
just one way, but two different ways, right? So she's been the Elvira brand, and then she brand, and then she's also Cassandra Peterson, right? right? Like, so she did the Playboy spread as Cassandra P- Peterson, yeah. But she would never do that as Elvira, and she does like a per- she purposefully keeps them separate, separate, right? And that that's the big topic of <laughs> the the memoir and this kind of conversation in general is just like the whole idea of they she kept this secret. To protect the brand, right, which mm-hmm. is like mind-boggling to me. It is. Uh, so I, I, it is, but at I the same time, it's not that surprising, right? Like no, things are a lot different now than they were 19 years ago. Well, yeah, I, yeah they are. True. They are, but I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure she's still going to get some sort of backlash from this, right? Yeah, like, but I think that there's going to be some sort of like like male fan that's fawned over her for years and just right. like, I can't believe you're gay. You led me on for you know. Go cry she to still likes yeah. dudes, bro. Calm down, but she doesn't like you because you're a cunt. She, was, yeah, she's not gonna like you regardless. <laughs> also, you don't know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I feel like it's a difficult, like, even in this day and age, I feel like it's just a difficult thing to weigh. Like, it's not yeah. you can't, you can't. When you have a team of PR people, like I'm sure she does, like yeah. it's not your decision to just come out with it. Yeah. So power to her. It's still difficult to do, even in these times, Absolutely. even though it's a lot more acceptable than it ever mm-hmm. was. Um, I'm very happy for her. Yeah, I am too. I really, I can't say that enough. Uh, moving on, we've got Black Friday. So Bruce Campbell, I guess he's not retired. Uh, maybe he just ran out of weed. I don't know. His lavender fields probably wilted and died. Uh, Casey Tebow's Black Friday, a horror comedy starring Bruce Campbell and Devin Sawa, which, which is, is the real the reason, reason yep. yes. that I put that's this why, in here. That's why it's I on this list. I am obsessed with him. <laughs> yes, uh, everybody knows. <laughs> I think anybody who listens we're gonna, to this podcast we're gonna, is aware. We're going to make a, a trip back to... Um, I can't remember the name of it. Scares that care at yeah. some point in the future, and I guarantee there's going to be a year we go. Devin Sal is there. He's going to have a restraining order on you, ready to go. I know. You think my obsession with Kathy Bates is unhealthy? You <laughs> oh God, dude! I'm so like I I wanted to go this year just for the day, yeah, mm-hmm. because Felissa Rose was there, yeah. And I just I think she's the bee's knees, and I just I yeah didn't end up happening. And I'm a little bit bummed that oh, I, I might have sorry. missed my opportunity to. But it's all it's all good. It's all right. I you know what honestly I would have I would have had to have gone with Kelly, and it would have been awkward. And I <laughs> 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 yeah, when I but meet yeah. Devin Sawa, Ben is not allowed. To go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 one of those. I think I think I think hopefully I don't know maybe we're not all on the same page on this, but I would like to try to go back next year. Oh, absolutely. Right, yeah, because I think I think next year especially. Um, you okay. know, even even with my kid being the youngest, she'll still be walking and everything at that point. Like, perfect opportunity to dress our kids up. Oh, oh I'm not God. bringing my kid. Oh, I would. I it would Sorry. be so. I think it would be. I think if our kids, we should pay. go. I think we should go again for like the overnight thing because yeah. I think we do really well with that. Uh, but like, I I wouldn't mind coming Kelly coming the, the next day and and yeah. maybe seeing if we can get AJ dressed up as something. That would be fun to me. Yeah. Um, I I would love my my night with you guys though to party in that in that, yeah. in that fucking like, I like to drink the horror themed cocktails. Yeah, dude. I, I, nah, that's always such a good time. Dude, some of those were so fucking gross. They were. Really they gross. literally all of them were oh, so oh fucking gross. But that's what we're here for. Yeah. Microwaves. <laughs> uh, in the film, a ragtag group of toy store employees get more than they bargain for when a Black Friday when Black Friday shoppers uh, mutate into violent monsters. Is this a documentary? Apparently. Mm. Uh, I get the feeling that this was inspired by something. Does it take place in a Walmart? <laughs> Pretty sure this is why my wife left retail. Yeah, right. Uh, 
Here's the full description from Fantastic Fest, which describes Black Friday as the best commentary on the dark side of capitalism since Dawn of the Dead, which That's is a high fucking that statement. That is a high bar. Yeah, uh, everybody knows Black Friday is the worst day to work in retail. Something about a good deal uh, turns even the sanest customer into a wild animal, but the usual chaos and violence pales in comparison to what the employees of the We Love Toys store must mm. face this time around. Devin Sawa stars as a down-on-his-luck father in the midst of a divorce, lamenting his job as a low level toy store employee and he and other rambunctious overworked crew staffers uh are are prepared for a a typically exhausting black friday which god dude when i worked retail mm-hmm. i fucking hated yeah. it i hated yeah, it so much the worst uh full of hungry shoppers for a deal um but they could never have expected the shoppers to turn into blood hungry maniacs with only one goal uh come together to feed and combine their powers into something full-on lovecraftian Ding ding! <laughs> <laughs> While Sawa continues to be his successful uh, renaissance into the genre world, which is actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he's just like, all right, you know what? Like one of my best movies was Final Destination. I'm just gonna embrace the fact that I'm a horror. F- I'm like, yeah, like yeah. Final actor. Destination and Idle Hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, so he's he's continuing into the genre world with a refreshing turn as a cynical leader of the employees. It's the. Uh, mm-hmm. Inimitable. Oh I, I can never say this fucking word. Inimitable. Uh, wow. Hey, I did it. Yeah. Look at you. All I needed you, you know. to do was par- pioneer the path, and I go. got it. Go. Uh, Clear the Br- way. Bruce Campbell, who really surprised, uh, legitimately, every time I see that word in print, I'm just like, nim 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 nim. What does it even mean? It's like the the iconic, the oh, like, okay. yeah. Um, who, <laughs> who really surprises as the bumbling uptight manager, Jonathan, a decidedly less heroic character than we've come to expect from him. <laughs> Add in a healthy splash of outrageous gore and some ooey gooey creature effects. I love ooey gooey creature effects. And this is soon to be a cult holiday horror movie you never knew you needed. It sounds amazing. It does. I, the I'm, only, I'm really looking forward to this one. The only things that I have questions about. One, we love toys. Terrible name for your toy store. I'm not going to trust anybody that works there. Second of all, I'm definitely not going to trust a down-on-a-luck father in the middle of a divorce who is a low-level employee. Like, that dude touches kids. (laughs) You sucked your mouth. (laughs) You think he diddles kids? Recently divorced. Maybe, Maybe not in this. In this? In in this film, but in real life. So you're saying that low-level male toy store employees are... Adult. Adult. Low-level adult toy store. Or kid diddlers. Yes. Can you stand by that? Absolutely. There we go. So you guys remember KB Toys? Yeah. Okay, so there was a a store called KB Toys back when when I was a wee lad. Is that where you could get Beanie Babies? Yeah. One of the places. Yeah, you could, but they had like everything. Kids buy toys. Is that what it stands yeah, for? That's what K by, that's I what never K knew. Is, yeah. I never Kids knew at all what, what the fuck. I just, I just assumed it was like the owner's initials or something. But anyways, it was this tiny. It well, not really tiny. It was the one toy store that you could go to to get literally anything, everything. anything, and everything. And they would, okay. they would order you stuff. It was, it was Ooh. Toys R Us, but like smaller, but small. Yeah, like Toys R Us as just like a store at the mall. Yeah, so like, like okay. Toys R Us, like they sell video games, they sell other stuff, or they sold other yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, although apparently they're coming back. Um, yeah. But KB Toys was was strictly toys, okay. just toys. Nothing, nothing like uh, that I can really remember that was like super electronic or okay. anything like. It no, was strictly like just board toys. games, action figures, trucks. But I used to go there all the time because they would carry like an un they, fucking they RC cars, lots of RC yeah, cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember they had a whole, 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 and you could get you could get the best model kits at KB Toys, yeah. and you could get the they had. 
every fucking McFarlane figurine on the face of the earth Mm. that you could possibly want. And as a little kid that was obsessed with Spawn and like a bunch of like other stuff, like the detail on the McFarlane figures was always the best. So I would like go there and be like, did you guys get this? And the guy that worked there, like looking back on it, was a little bit questionable. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> you. He, was a, he was a much older man that was way too excited about. And maybe, maybe it was just his pat. Maybe it was just because I was always inquiring about like comic book figures right. and stuff like that. So maybe he was just passionate about it. He's like, "No, we've been waiting on this one. <laughs> we haven't gotten it in yet. No, but but maybe we will soon." Did uh, he ever ask you to go into the back with him <laughs> to look for toys? Okay. Maybe no, I wasn't one, his type. The, uh, <laughs> the one thing from KB Toys that I remember that I always thought was really cool was with the RC cars and they were like the most hated store in the mall you always saw them all the way at like one of the ends of the mall okay um usually near one of the major department stores where there's a lot of space and there's like 13 doors to get into the department store from yeah yeah yeah. because they would like block off like half of the doors because if you wanted to demo any of the rc cars or anything they would take it out into like the main area in the mall and you could just run around with it (gasps) which was super dope what a fun little place. Yeah, KB Toys is dope. Yes. Yeah, so, like, KB Toys was primarily, like, a mall place, but the one that I went to was just in a Stay regular away. shopping center. Uh, and so, like, <laughs> because, like, it, like I was raised, like, a single mom, Bennigan's. You guys mm-hmm. remember oh, Bennigan's? yeah, Bennigan's. Mom would take me over to Bennigan's all the time for dinner. Not, like, all the time, but, like, like once every couple of weeks type mm-hmm. of thing. And then we'd go over to KB Toys after Bennigan's. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. one of my fondest memories. I like to go to the science store, and then there's a pet store next door. That was my that favorite. That was a good one. Yeah. That's a good combo. That was a good combo. That is a good combo. Sometimes my mom would let me get a cat. <laughs> How often did this happen? Like, I don't know, a couple times. Maybe like three or four. That's a lot of cats. That is a lot what of cats. What happened to those cats? You know, you know about this. <laughs> yeah, what happened to those cats? Well, one died. Okay. Um, and then I had a couple cats. Okay. I didn't ever have three cats. Uh... I had two cats at one point. This was also between the span of like 10 years. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't have four cats in like 10 days. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm a freak. (laughs) Not you, Sam. I I can't really argue that. Uh, Next up, Eileen Warnos, long fucking titles that are dumb, and I can't agree more because that was the long fucking title that was dumb. Um, Cobra Kai actress Peyton List is taking over the role as Eileen Warnos for American Boogie Woman, which is just. (laughs) I don't. Know why it's such you a bad title, that, but it makes sense when you get to the end. I guess it's a brand new true crime feature. Uh, who about? I guess the woman that Charlie Theron won mm. an Oscar for portraying in Monster. Apparently, did you guys listen to the latest yes. episode of the last where podcast? she was sitting in court she was in the courtroom for that? Like, yeah. I couldn't believe that. that. Was wild. Yeah. Actors are terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything for my craft. Like, Separate how, the art from like, the artist. How do you make this shit show even worse? Yeah. Separate yeah. the art from the artist. Fucking celebrity sit in there. Oh, fucking bitch. What a fucking <laughs> what a joke. What a, just watch it on TV, dude. Right? Like, art from the artist. Ugh. I guess. I'm a method I, actor. Whatever. I didn't think Monster I, was I, that good, I will but... defend Charlize Theron to the end of the earth. Why? Just because you think she's nice to look at? She is one of my favorite actresses of all time. Because of what? Because of everything. I love, like, I think she's a fantastic actress. Mm, well, maybe. Okay. All right. I, I mean. I, I think she was great. I do think she was great in Monster. <laughs> maybe the research helped. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe maybe her presence <laughs> in the courtroom was what she really needed to push that that role over the edge. Uh, based on Aileen Warnos's early life in 1976, the film follows America's most notorious female ser- serial killer in Florida when she marries an old older 
rather wealthy yacht club president, only to inflict mayhem within her new family and Florida's highest society. Check out some exclusive photos of Peyton as Eileen Wardos alongside Tobin Bell. Mm. Which I just haven't seen him in anything good since no. the Saw franchise. To be completely honest, so I don't know. He pops up every once that. in a while, he but does. like I never, I never expect Tobin Bell to be the reason I'm watching it. I do, you know, I guess that's true. It's it's one of those is like, oh, he's in this. That's, yeah, I mean that's, that's fine. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's but cool I wouldn't watch him. it just because he's in it. Exactly. Uh, Lydia Hurst uh, from The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Nick. Valalonga, I think is how Valalonga maybe the Green oh, yeah. Book, uh, Sven Sven Tamil and from Backtrace. I've never even heard of Backtrace. What I know in Backtrace? time. I've seen in time. In time is the other film. Meadow Williams from Boss <laughs> Level: Den of Thieves and Adam or sorry Andrew Burnett from Shadows Edge. Daniel Ferenz of Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman, also wrote and directed this. So apparently he's got like. <laughs> He's got a, a theme, theme so his next his here. next movie is probably gonna be Michael Hernandez American Boogie Child. Boogie and then he's, got the whole, he's got the whole family just just done, covered, and ready to go. Boogie uh, Kid sounds fun though. Yeah. It sounds it like does. a completely different movie. It sounds kinda like yeah. The film will hit uh, US VOD on October eighth and DVD on October fifteenth. Uh, next up, we've got a Nightmare Alley trailer, which, god damn, dude, that I am ready good. for this movie. good. So I am good. ready for this movie. We talked about this last week, but uh, the trailer for Guillermo del Toro's, uh, it, it released the night we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> His new movie, Nightmare Alley, uh, finally arrived from Searchlight Pictures with a hotly anticipated film only in theaters on December 17th. So this is just going to be fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. this is, will put everybody in the Christmas spirit. Uh, it will it will put the season the holiday right into your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will be able to go home from seeing this film with your family and think to yourself, "This is what I needed to sit around this Christmas tree with all of these terrible people." <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing we need to make clear right off the bat is that Nightmare Alley isn't just a horror movie. It's uh, it, it happened to me in the past with Crimson Peak where people were expecting a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But yes, this has no supernatural element. It's based completely on reality, uh, and the real world, rather. There's nothing fantastic. It's very different from uh, my movies as, uh, as usual. Del Toro wanted to kind of clear up with Vanity Fair. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with it because I've reached the point, given, I guess, the last five or six years of the movies that Del Toro has been a part of, I don't find his movies to be particularly scary. I don't watch a Del Toro movie. They're magical. I watch a a Del Toro movie for the world creation and the creature effects or special Mm -hmm. effects. Yeah. I don't watch it because I'm expecting a brilliantly written movie. There's sometimes it happens. There are horror elements in every one of his films, yeah. but I think I'm in agreement that like I really don't even like Devil's Backbone and stuff. Like I guess they're like they're like there's something like almost almost like fairy tale esque, mm-hmm. and I mean that in the old sense like a of dark the word. Fairy like, tale, yeah. Like like the traditional fairy, yes. fairy tales that you don't see like whitewashed. Where there's murder. Yeah, yeah where there were like fucking I Ansel and Gretel yeah. get like disemboweled. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like. <laughs> That's how I kind of view his Old stuff. Timey. Yeah. But he always brings like this bite to it that yeah. has this like horror even in like Pan's Labyrinth and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like oh, yeah. there's uh, the most magical stuff he does is still got this 
there's like a level of brutality and violence and like the seedy underbelly to it that I find fascinating with all he, of these. To me, he is to creature and special effects the way Michael Bay is to explosions. That's a good parallel. That is very true. It's very hard to find someone better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but man, what a stellar cast. We kind of talked about that last week, but it, uh, this trailer just kind of sealed the deal. I don't want to see any more. I don't even really want to talk about this anymore. I just want to go into the theater when this is released. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep this under wraps for the next two months, I guess, at this point. Yeah, uh, I just want to go into the theater but, just like a fucking lamb yeah. <laughs> just go see yeah. it organically and see what happens I'm really looking forward to this movie uh, Stabs in the Dark yeah it's a working title for things that are coming up that, yeah you know, little bits of details but we are interested one way or another okay All right. I like that well done yeah alright I'm into that we'll keep that going like, you know, like I said Sam took the reins on their unwriting this so this is all his mm-hmm. I, I gotta give props where they're due I'm fine with calling that stabs in the dark from here on out but this first one's I for you I dislike it you dislike no, it I'm just kidding oh it. <laughs> my god um yeah so Daniel Harris uh I really um I enjoy looking at her on my screen. So, uh, <laughs> Flesh is a movie that she's starring with. Um, she's hanging around the horror genre um, still because you know that's kind of where she she's found her most success. And Deadlight yeah. is reporting about this. Um, the film is said to involve a deranged individual who wants to sacrifice human flesh to a malevolent spirit. Stars uh, Chris McGowan from Chasing Nightmares. Uh, oh, sorry, he's directing. Chris McGowan is directing, which he co-wrote with uh, Ryan Stewart. Ryan Swart? Swart. Swart. Rain, uh, Rain Swart? I don't know how to say his I name. I don't know how to say that either. Or I'm say I, don't, I don't actually even know if it's a he or her. Uh, it? Yeah, they. <laughs> they? Them? They, I don't yeah. know. Uh, the Lost Boys. Uh, this one I'm not really sure how to feel about, man. Like, I'm not surprised considering the show... Well, it's been in the works for so long, but right? The show like got it's scrapped, been, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they scrapped it. Now it's being brought back. I guess they found a, a good script for it or something. But the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that uh, Warner Brothers is developing the new Lost Boys movie, uh, starring Noah Jupe. Jupe again. Don't know how to how to say his last. Who's name. in a quiet place? Um, and Jaden Martell, who is in it, they're attached to lead the cast. Uh, Jonathan Entwistle. Which I just love that last name. That's a good name. Um, who did I am not okay with this is directing, which I believe was a Netflix. Thing, it was right? a it was yeah. a Netflix series that got canceled um, <laughs> because of <laughs> <Weird>. really, <laughs> um, which is disappointing because I am not okay with this was actually a really good. That series. was the one about like the girl that like murdered somebody. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah that it wasn't was, too bad. It was. It was pretty good. I was really looking forward to the following season, um, but that so got it only scrapped. got one season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's right. Because I, I, I think it got scrapped because of COVID. When uh, when Netflix okay, okay. when Netflix cut like eighty percent of their new series that they did, uh, I guess in twenty nineteen um, or early twenty twenty, and we're expecting to do follow up seasons last year, uh, COVID, and they were just like, yeah, we're gonna scrap all this shit. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm happy to see that he's got uh, a new project. Well, I remember. Uh, so I think I only watched like three or four episodes of I'm Not Okay with This because it turned out to not be what I yeah, for me really. Different. But the first like two episodes of that like hooked me. So I'm genuinely interested in seeing what this guy's capable of doing. Um, Randy McKinnon is also writing. Uh, Hollywood Reporter also notes that details of the new taker being kept in the trunk of a '57 Ford Fairline. <laughs> 
it's uh, being described as as set in modern day. So we'll see what happens with it. I mean, I'm not one of those people that fucking worships the Lost Boys, so I'm I, here for it. I'm, uh, I'm also getting tired of watching shows that are like just with a bunch of children in them. You know, like the British do it well. The British do do it better. We 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 do it pretty poorly. I'm getting tired of shows that are just centered around the lives of children. I don't really give a fuck. (laughs) 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 Fucking children and their problems. It's just I feel like it's everything. It's all. So are you not going to watch the new season of Stranger Things? I'm kind of over Stranger Things to be honest with you. I feel I'll watch it. I feel like the pause because of the pandemic has absolutely crushed. The momentum, momentum, not just for Stranger Things, Stranger Things, but like the '80s nostalgia that Stranger Things brought to the forefront. Oh, it's all about '90s, dude. Now, or the 2K. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh my god, the, I, think the, is... I, I think the pandemic finally murdered the '80s. I don't know what to feel about I 2K was, nostalgia. Someone was having a... the problem is the '90s. You had grunge, but that was really it. There wasn't much more to speak of. In 2000, you had new metal and s- fucking. But Jennifer like, Love Hewitt. Yeah. <laughs> um, some high school had like Spirit Day, and one of the days was to dress up in Y2K fashion. What does that even look like? It's like futuristic, kind of like colorful, bright. I think of like music videos like uh, Missy Elliott, even Frosted okay. Tips. Okay. Or like, uh, I don't know. That's weird. Jerseys and stuff. Well, watch, I did watch a I Smash did. Mouth fucking music yeah. video. <laughs> I did realize today. Or like, uh, while I was Mark wandering McGrath. around. <laughs> while I was wandering around in the neighborhood, I saw a sign for a kid that's. Like down the road. You saw a sign for a kid? Well, no, it was one of the one of the signs like class of two thousand one oh, or two thousand twenty one. Okay, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, and I did the math in my head. I was like, this kid wasn't even born when the towers came down yeah. and the fabric of reality shattered. Yeah, he's known nothing more than 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 post war George Bush era. I'm just like fucking... that's that's crazy to me that th- that people mm-hmm. exist and don't know that. We're just old as shit, yeah, dude. My, my <laughs> back tells me that story every day. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, so Blumhouse is doing another eight film program. Uh, Welcome to Blumhouse. They did this last year too. They did. Uh, they're teaming once again up with with Amazon. Um, so I assume all these are going to be on Prime. The goal is to produce and distribute eight or eight unsettling genre movies. The first four were released on Amazon last October, and the other four are going to be released this year in October. On uh, when's the first one happening? Uh, the first one happens on October first. There were a fir- there were a couple from the first four that I thought were actually quite good. I didn't eat. <laughs> if I'm totally honest, I didn't watch any. <laughs> I, I watched all of them. Um, Black that- box. Black box. I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh, um, I did not like Evil Eye that much. No. Um, and then the one also with kids, uh, where they faked the murder. I I, I hated that. Oh, one. see, I kind of liked that one. I hated it because I hated the kid. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but you're supposed and, to hate the kid. And then the fourth one. Well, I didn't like anybody. That was the problem. But the kid, like, I was just like, get the fuck out of here. Hmm. Um, and the fourth one, I don't actually remember what it was. It was um. I don't remember either. I do remember I liked it. <laughs> well, Sam, this is your territory. We're yeah. in the now slowing at this point. We didn't have a segue here because I uh, there was nothing in the script, so go for it. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I think you scrolled past it. Oh, did I? Okay, yeah. it's all right. Uh, so the first two, the first two Welcome to Blumhouse movies that are hitting on October first on Amazon. Uh, we've got Black as Night. Uh, so 15 years after Hurricane Katrina ravaged New Orleans, a new threat leaves its mark on the Big Easy in the form of a puncture wound on the throats of the city's vulnerably displaced population. When her drug-addicted mom becomes the latest victim of the undead, 
uh, 15-year-old Shauna uh, vows to even the score. Along with three trusted friends, Shauna hatches a bold plan to infiltrate the vampire's mansion in the historic French Quarter, destroy their leader, and turn his fanged disciples back to their human form. But killing monsters is no easy task. And soon she and her crew find themselves caught in a centuries-old conflict between warring vampire factions with each fighting to claim New Orleans as their permanent home. I don't know if this movie's going to be any good. I don't really care for vampire movies particularly, but... Uh, I do like the fact that they're doing this in the French Quarter in yes. New Orleans because I think that's like the perfect setting for it. For vampire films yes, or yeah. just like perfect setting for something horror? Both. Okay. Honestly, Especially for vampires. But yeah, mostly for vampires. I think that's a great setting for it. Just like the history yeah. down there, mm-hmm. uh, just the way the buildings look. It's super cool. Uh, the other movie that's hitting on the first uh, in this series is Bingo Hell. Uh, after, <laughs> I love it. after 60-something neighborhood activist Lupita discovers that her beloved local bingo hall has been taken over by a mysterious businessman named Mr. Big, she rallies her elderly friends. Played to by f- Richard Brake? You're just yeah. going to glance oh, over this? Yeah, yeah Richard Brake. Okay. He was the, fuck, he was the, uh, the end really boss tall. of 31, the one that yeah. gave that like two-minute oh, monologue. That was really so yeah, fucking yeah. good. That really tall skinny dude with the horse face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. The reason I skipped over is because like the last three things I've seen Richard Brake show up in have not been very good. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, the, the, he, Richard Brake was the only redeeming part of 31. Let me make that clear. Yeah. Uh, but she rallies her elderly friends to fight back against the enigmatic entrepreneur. Uh, when her longtime neighbors begin turning up dead under grisly circumstances, Lupita suddenly discovers that gentrification is the least of her problems. Something terrifying has made itself at home in the quiet barrio of Oak Springs. And with each new cry of bingo, another victim falls prey to its diabolical presence. As the cash prizes increase and the body count steadily rises, she must face the frightening realization that this game is truly winner-takes-all. Between these two movies, I'm more interested in Bingo Hell. Was Richard Brake in Mandy? Was he the drug dealer? Yes. Oh, or like the met, the guy who used to make the LSD? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other two things that are coming out, one we've already talked about a bunch, but we, uh, at least Palmer and I highly recommend it. Alex, I don't know if you've started yet, but Midnight Mass uh, hit Netflix uh, on the 24th. Uh, we talked about it. I, th- I think we talked about it last week. If not, yes, it was in our did, notes yeah. or something. Uh, tells the tale of a small, isolated island community whose existing divisions are amplified by the return of a disgraced young prodigal son and the arrival of a charismatic priest. When Father Paul's disappearance on Crockett Island coincides with the unexplained and seemingly seemingly miraculous events, <laughs> a renewed religious fervor takes hold of the community. But do these miracles come at a price? Um, the other one, uh, the other movie that's coming out this week, uh, and long titles du jour, No One Gets Out Alive. Uh, Ambar is embarking on her American dream after years spent dutifully tending to her terminally ill mother in Mexico. She arrives in Cleveland illegally with very little money and unsuitable clothing for what's expected to be the coldest winter on record. Mm, After finding cash in hand work at a local garment factory, she rents the cheapest room available from Red in a near derelict boarding house. Kept awake by the other tenants sobbing, disturbing nightmares and strange unearthly noises echoing from the basement, she begins to wonder exactly who or what lives inside the house. Soon it becomes clear that Ambar has walked into a trap one where she will soon be introduced to the evil that has been lurking in the basement. She must fight to escape her living nightmare, but in a house where no one listens to the screams, will she ever get out alive? What was the name of that Netflix movie about immigrants? Oh, the... We, it, was like, it was like on our list of like best films. Yeah. Um, Shit. Our nightmare house. house. Our house. Our house. Our house. Um, so if, this... it can, if it can come close to... Mm-hmm. To touching the level that our house was. So I don't. I don't know if either one of you had a chance to see the trailer. Uh, it looks dark. It looks 
Interesting. I don't think it's going to be quite on that level, but this goes back to what I was saying last week, where Netflix, I think, because all of these streaming services are popping up and taking own, uh, taking their own IPs back, mm-hmm. and so Netflix lost a ton of content, and they're really focusing on their own original content. If this is the worst thing that Netflix makes this year, just the trailer alone is better than 95% of the horror-related stuff they've made in the last five years. Uh, I feel like they they've got this stigma now, right? Like if I, if you're a horror fan, I think it's pretty much universally like one of those things where you're just like if it's not Mike Flanagan, it's not, yeah, not worth if watching. It's not, yeah, if it's not Flanagan or it's not like a one-off movie that surprises the hell out of everybody, yeah. Yeah. then what's the point? Well, that's um, why it was so important when Terrifier landed on Netflix. Yes, and Creep. And Creep. And then again, like Mike Flanagan's been like solely just dragging Netflix yes. through the fucking grave or well, out of the just, grave. With it's the, just uh, like I don't think he has a choice at this point. Like it's really sad, actually, because I mean, uh, Doctor Sleep was such a such a miss. Yeah. For mm-hmm. theaters, which doesn't make sense to me because I really thought Doctor Sleep was a fantastic movie. Yeah. I think the problem was, well, Doctor Sleep. I feel Sleep like you could never live up to The Shining. No. And I think that's the problem. I think A it's hard to it's hard to live up to that and B it's been a long time. It has been a long time, but like I, I and I also feel like Flanagan isn't a household name for anybody that doesn't know. Like even people that watch Haunting of You know his shows, whatever. you don't know his name. Yeah. If you say Haunting of Hill House yeah. or Haunting of Bly Manor, people know that series. They don't know his name. Like I've had conversations with people that have seen Hush. Right. But don't know that he's the director yeah. of Hush. Like, I don't know that his wife is is, in all is the woman projects. that's yeah. been in all these projects. Honestly, Hush is still one of my favorite movies that we've talked about on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, I go back it's and rewatch really it often. It's a very yeah. good movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. So it's one of those things. Like, if yeah, if you're you're right. Like, if it's not Flanagan led, but even then, like, like I guarantee you, there is a whole segment of people that are going to start tuning into Midnight Mass mm-hmm. and think it's good, but have no idea yeah. who the fuck is doing it. Right. I think he'll learn. <laughs> maybe but one I think, day. I, I do think Doctor Sleep was a good run for him because that was that was his first like super major movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it failed abysmally. So but, which is why I think but we're I think, seeing him return to Netflix. But I think he's gonna, you know, he's done Bly Manor, he's done Hill House, now he's done this. I think he's gonna go back and get another shot at a major I title. To, I think he needs to do something original. Yeah. I think he's gonna but I think he's gonna get another shot with a major title. Maybe. Even even if it is original. He's gonna get major funding for it, maybe. And I think I that's gonna think. I think I think that's gonna be the bit that makes him break through. Because um, I think we got spoiled with Ari Aster. Yeah. You know, his first movie out of the gate that like everybody knew, and Ari Aster's name was plastered on everything promotionally mm. for yeah. um, for his stuff. You know, well, no, I think it's more A twenty four. Yes. I think everybody knows A twenty four. I don't know that everybody knows Ari Aster. Hmm. Maybe, because I think when you see an A twenty four trailer, you're expecting something. And in honestly, particular. that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for A twenty four to be like, "Hey, Mike, here's a bunch of money. Go make a movie." Oh my wow. god, dude! That, that would needs be, to happen. That would be phenomenal. We need to start that petitioning for that to happen. Phenomenal. I would How really he hasn't done it. anything backed by A twenty four is beyond me. Yeah, it's a good question. A twenty four. If anybody is listening, make that happen. That seems like a genius decision on yeah. my uh, on my part. Part, not, but not, not only Palmer's part. Only, only my, only, yeah, only my part. We had nothing to do with this. It, Alex and Sam, even though they have agreed mm-hmm. this entire time, and it was Sam's idea, uh, it was it <laughs> I was think only it came my part. Out of- Sam's horror hole. Yes. <laughs> yes, it came out of Sam's horror hole. 
So that's where that is. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, uh, you guys ready to start talking about Antrim, the deadliest film ever made? I oh God, wait. these fucking oh, titles. My goodness, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. All right, so this week we're talking about Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. Deadliest film ever made. (laughs) Came out in 2018, has a super long title that's really dumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't have to say the deadliest film ever made. No, you specifically do. You specifically do. You specifically do. And there's a reason. (laughs) But there's a reason you specifically have to say it. And we'll get to that. But oh uh, my god, there's a reason. There's there a reason. Uh, so, a young boy and a girl enter a forest to dig a hole to hell. Said to be a curse film from the late 1970s, and Antrim examines the horrifying power of storytelling. Directed and written by David Amito and Michael Licini, I think is how you say his name, mm-hmm. uh, and stars Nicole Tompkins, Rowan Smythe, and Dan Estrati or Dan Istrit. Um, so we're going to start off this week uh, with the supposed curse of this deadly film. Uh, watch this movie and die. Uh, it's The Ring, but without knowing your phone number and no seven-day grace period. It's true. The documentary portion of this movie explains that this was made in the 1970s and is submitted for inclusion in a variety of film festivals. Nobody accepted it. Uh, after each rejection, the various film festival directors die under suspicious circumstances. Janet Hilberg was one of the first to die. She suffered from a fatal seizure after the screening. Uh, the next was Tom Stylum, who died of electrocution, and the last programmer, Joe Berenger, met his fate when he was stung by a stonefish uh, while surfing. The deaths of the other four people from the other four film festivals remain unknown. Uh, several years go by during which the film remains unseen until it mysteriously appears at a theater in Budapest in 1988. During the screening, a fire, initially believed to be the result of a faulty projector, burns the theater to the ground. Uh, keen viewers who have seen *Inglorious Bastards might think it's a silver nitrate film, uh, but wrong, motherfuckers. <laughs> wrong! <laughs> stop, trying, stop trying to answer questions that are too unholy to answer, because that was my first thing. Oh, the nitrate films. Yeah. Um, nope, not that. People were spontaneously combusting by their farts in the middle of the theater, killing 56 people in total. Meanwhile, the dipshit <laughs> investigators determined, quote, unquote, that the audience members set the fire themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. With their farts. With their farts. Oh, I, I must have missed that part. Yeah, with their farts. Uh, the film again went unseen for many years until showing up again in a theater, this time in San Francisco in 1993. Prior to the film, a concession stand worker apparently dosed popcorn with LSD, and the combination of this drug and the film results in a riot in which a pregnant woman is trampled to death. Uh, Following this screening, all copies of the film apparently vanish, and it earns a reputation as being cursed. Hmm. Antrim was assumed lost forever until filmmakers documenting this deadly movie's horrific history discovered a print at a Connecticut estate sale of all places. Uh, nah, that makes sense. It does. Yeah. It does. Have you ever been to an estate sale? I have. I, especially I have. some weird shit. It's wackadoodle. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some weird shit that shows I don't like it. <laughs> Well, you don't like the fact that people are crowding in some dead person's house, like, yeah, looking, looking at all, at all their the stuff. dead person's stuff, and, and being really judgy about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't you don't like that at all. No, <laughs> we bought stuff at estate sales. I before. have also mm-hmm. bought stuff at estate sales. Yeah, so I, they're all my haunted items. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although producers <laughs> present Antrim in its entirety as part of the retrospective package, they take no responsibility for whatever happens to anyone who dares to watch the possibly cursed film. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we wound up here today. Talking about a movie supposedly made in 1979 that didn't really show up anywhere you can find information about until 2018 with actors that weren't even fucking alive 40 years ago. So, disclosure. Tune in at your own risk. Satan only knows if even talking about this fucking movie will get you killed. (laughs) 
talking about this movie will get you killed. If this is the movie that takes me out, I'm going to be very upset. Right? <laughs> well, so far, so far I have outlasted the uh, film festival screeners. Yeah, I so watched, I watched this movie I think, four days ago, five days ago, and I've survived. So. It seems that they must have died did, within I, 24 hours or instantly. I did you hurt what? my back. I did hurt my back today while pooping. So mm. maybe that's the beginning. <laughs> maybe that's the beginning. Maybe the curse is getting to me. Uh, no, actually, the we are the the chosen few to mm. be able to make it through the end of this. So we're actually going to kill a lot of our audience by talking about this movie tonight, Sorry. guys. And I'm okay oh. with it. So even uh, talking about it, we yeah. don't do we don't do our podcast for no, the no, numbers. No, because we do our podcast for the clout. That's right. Mm, Killing their audience members. (laughs) Do you know how many audience members that will bring in? (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. So what the fuck actually happened in this movie? The abridged version, because that's what we do now. Uh, Well, we'll start off with about 10 minutes of people giving the documentary-style backstory of this movie, which detailed the finding of the long-lost curse movie that's had additional, sometimes unrelated, footage spliced into it. Uh, Which I like that part. You you liked the spliced in? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we get scientists and experts that talk about binaural beats and the audio production, and then a nice long pause to once again let you know to turn back now if you want to live. It was like over 30 seconds with <laughs> yeah, a, a very, very dramatic like, time pause. clock. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably about 45 seconds where I got to read the whole thing yeah. multiple times. Yeah. I was like, do yeah. I really want to do this, you guys? Yeah. Are we doing do this, this for off? the arts? Yeah. <laughs> the things we're, uh, we're willing to give mm-hmm. back in the day for the podcast. Doing it for the Vine? Right, mm. that, that, that was that was Jesus the old saying. Wow, what happened? Wow, <laughs> for Vine. the Vine. R.I.P. That was you gave birth to some classics. Thank you for existing. Pre TikTok, <laughs> that, that, that was short that was, TikTok. That was yeah. yeah, short TikTok. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so this is then followed by an hour and fifteen minutes or so of a brother and sister, Nathan and Orly, or uh, future Silas, as I got to the point <gasps> of you. thinking about it. He it looks exactly like what I expect. He's got your son kind to of like a little like. bit more like bucky teeth. Yeah. But other than that, like I feel like they look very similar. Well, your boy, your boy doesn't have like a full mouth of teeth yet. That's true. So he might still have some bucky teeth in like Aww. eight years. I hope he doesn't have bucky teeth. He might. Aww. He might. Um, but the whole time I was just like, holy shit, that's Alex's kid. I'm okay. pretty cute with some bucky teeth though, real talk. He would. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you said that because I thought that immediately but yeah. I was like, I just thought that because I, I was his mother that yeah. I'm like, oh, he no, would. No, look just I like think, what I expect your boy I to look like. I think we all collectively thought it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think all three of us were just like, hey, it's I'm Alex. glad that you mentioned that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we got these two kids uh, or Siblings walking, uh, wandering through the woods, supposedly a suicide forest that Jake Paul would be found hanging out in. <laughs> Dang! Shit. All right, setting up a tent. Setting up a tent. <laughs> See, the sad thing is, he's not even the famous one anymore. Yeah. He like he stole the fame from his brother, and then his brother's like, "Now, fuck you! I'm gonna go do celebrity boxing." Yeah. And now I'm gonna become famous again. Hmm. God, they're such. Just, I fucking hate them both. Family. I, I hate them both. I, 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 I wish they were it. both in this fucking suicide forest. <laughs> I, that boxing match. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched. I knew what the outcome was going to be. Of course you did. Of course you did. Everybody knows what the outcome's going to be. But man, it was fun. <laughs> uh, so we got these two setting up tents, digging a hole to hell to save the soul of their uh, shitty dog, according to their mom, which, you know, thanks, mom. Mm. Thanks. Ter- yeah, like, yeah. Is, is our dog in heaven? <laughs> no, your dog's an asshole. He's in hell. He's a, Yeah. What did she say? He was bad? Or like, yeah, he was bad. He was bad. Like, he, bit, he, he bit people. He did, dude. That was fucked, though, dude. That, yeah. We'll talk about but it She's, minute, like, but... laughing about it when she tells him. Oh yeah, <laughs> like driving the car. I mean, like, <laughs> dude, there was something <laughs> like like. Um, I do want to say about this movie before we really get get into the. I was impressed with the way that this was shot. Mm-hmm. This was pretty authentic. Yeah. When it comes to like when you watch like gritty, yeah, older seventies films, 
the way that this movie was kind of shot, aside from a few scenes, there were a few scenes that took place where I was like, all right, you're pulling me out of the... The, the, the 70s vibe. Yeah, the mm-hmm. 70s vibe. But for the most part, it kept it, and I was pretty impressed with that, like, the cinematography of the whole thing. I agree. Um, even if I was kind of lukewarm about the final product, that was really well done. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed the hell out of that. Uh, and... Uh, the other the other big thing that I'll praise it for is the fact that like the acting between it also felt like genuine like seventies acting as well yeah. mm-hmm. on top of it. So I don't know. It's 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 setting the the the, the pace, I guess, for one of those slur, slow burn you would see the poster for this thing at, at fucking, I don't know, your video store and it would be it would be one of those things that pulls you in, but the final product wouldn't necessarily pay off. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm it, it would it the idea of this movie is a lot better than the final product. Yeah. Um, but in their uh, camping trip while they're trying to summon their dog's soul from hell, they also come across a Wicker Man-like statue of Baphomet cared for by two Bulgarian cannibals, <laughs> one of which who passes the time by fucking dead animals. Orly tells Nathan that they can save the dog's soul, which is what got us out here in the fucking woods in the first place. And she shows them some rituals, and then they see some stuff in a terrible squirrel hiding a dead body that makes her start to think that her rituals are working. Antics ensue. What Cannibals. the fuck was up with that squirrel? Dude, that squirrel was awful. What the fuck was, <laughs> was that? Was it supposed to look like that? I, I don't know. Like, were they making it look like that because animatronics were bad think, in the 70s? Think, that looks I like think, some Chuck E. Cheese shit. I think it was on purpose. Well, yeah, it was on purpose. Like, but, but because it's the 70s. Like I don't know. I think, just, I think it just looked creepy, and they was it supposed to be bad even for the seventies? Well, I, th- I think so. I because think so. I, okay. I think the point was it was supposed to draw your attention away from the fact that there's a dead body clearly hiding in the background. Right, 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 right. Um, so they see this antics ensue. Cannibals try to cook Nathan in a Baphomet, and some weapon safety rules are not followed in tents. Uh, mm-hmm. Nathan later finds a different dog uh, because you know this one's alive. So fuck the dead one. Talks to strangers despite the danger, and doesn't announce himself on entering tents. I feel like that's a normal camping thing. You should definitely announce yourself yeah. when you're entering a tent, especially yeah. in a forest that is supposed to be the fifth layer of hell. Yeah. yeah. So that's the general gist of this movie. There's not a lot that happens. There's there's really not. It's a lot like Lord of the Rings. It's a lot of walking and bullshit that's mm-hmm. just stretched out. There is a lot of walking and and, and bullshit. And bullshit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple of random things that I really particularly picked up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, random thing number one. The person the cannibals first eat then when they first come across the cannibals in the Baphomet statue uh, is some random Japanese guy that they stumbled across in the forest themselves and stopped from trying to commit seppuku. Uh, again, this is supposedly a 40-year-old movie that's Bulgarian with two main actors who speak perfect, English. unaccented English who stumble across a Japanese guy yeah. in the woods yeah. trying to commit ritual suicide in Europe. How multicultural. <laughs> it's all inclusive. It's so yeah. ahead of its time. It, it really, really is. is. It's um, woke. The other thing is, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen it in the last three years. Granted, Halloween last year didn't really exist. Um, And Halloween this year hasn't gotten here yet. Mm -hmm. But I do know one thing. One day, I will be dressing as the deer fucker for Halloween. Mm. Mm. And it's a super easy costume. All you need. Tidy whities, an old military jacket, a white bandana with some deer antlers or something attached to them, and rain boots. Uh, And bonus points for me or anybody who ties a stuffed animal to their dick. Uh, 
No idea what those bonus points get you, but you fucking earned them. <laughs> I'll, days, do, I'll do a partner costume with you. I don't want to be the animal. I'll be the, <laughs> the, the second. She just shows up dressed as a deer. <laughs> no. Alex just lays down in the middle of a party. That is, I, ignore, oh, I ignore her for most I mean, of the time, and then originally, you, I'm just like, oh. you are my best friend, but I will not do that. That is commitment <laughs> that I cannot. I cannot do. But I'll be the other demon. Okay. The bu- demon Bulgarian. He seemed like the boss too, so I figured that would be a good dynamic. You telling me what to do? Like, stop, stop fucking, that, yeah. stop fucking that deer and come over here. Can, can uh, I be the deer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the three best friends costume would win so many awards. It's so much better than Human Centipede. It really is. Really is. We don't it have to really stand is. around on our knees. Yeah, it's so much better. Mm. I don't have the back for that. Good point. I don't yeah. have the knees, I don't for, have that. knees for that. <laughs> <laughs> it really hurts just thinking about it. It, it will be a fight over who has to be in the middle. So after all this happens, the movie then wraps up. <laughs> right. Well, I feel, I think, I feel we like we thought dis- about it. We, we have, have discussed, discussed this. that. And I think both times we talked about it, Palmer wound up in the middle. <laughs> I'm at the front. Yeah, you picked the front. I think we both, everybody always oh, tries to pick I the front. I want to be at the end. I'd rather be at You'd the end. You'd rather be at the middle than the end? Yeah, because then you're eating two. It's shit that's gone through two people, not just one person. Oh, it's double poo. It's it's like poo poo. Like <laughs> <laughs> if you yes. really want to hear us get into it, go back and uh, go back and listen to our episode on the human centipede. Oh my god! All right. Um, but this movie wraps up with another chunk of documentary with scholars apparently observing a rune seen throughout the film belonging to a demon named Astaroth. Examples of the rune appearing subliminally throughout the film are shown as historians recount tragedies uh, attributed to the demon throughout history. Mm. Uh, so that's the general gist of the movie. Uh, mm. It's fairly new. Um, came out, again, 2018. Don't want to ruin too much about it. Uh, but that's, that's more or less the, the whole movie in a nutshell. I did like when they were going through the different um, layers of hell. Yeah. I, it, I feel like the movie did get a little bit more progressively creepy. So there's a ton of mythos attached to this movie, and we're, we're going to mm-hmm. dig into it. But before we get into it, I know, Palmer, you kind of had your initial takeaways uh, from what you thought about the movie. Alex, what about you? What, what was your initial? Um, so I watched it over the span of two days. I think I was... I did too. I could do it in one day. I was interested, and I really did like the documentary part, especially the one at the beginning. That, to me, it felt really um, authentic. Mm -hmm. Like, it really did seem like they were doing a a real documentary about this movie. Um, And I was excited to start it. I also was, for some reason, under the impression that the actual... That the the movie was more documentary and less Antrim. I thought, like, the actual Antrim film was, like... 20 25 minutes but it was like yeah. a full length so i was kept being like is this gonna be off <laughs> but I did, I did enjoy it i thought it was a little slow in some parts so like yeah. said, a lot of walking and a lot of bullshit yeah yeah um i'm inclined to agree there's there's an interesting parallel uh that we're going to talk about um to a movie that came out a couple of years beforehand that was just a full kind of documentary view um that this movie definitely stretched out its premise, mm-hmm. I think, as much as it possibly could. Um, the The whole thing is that the Orly and Nathan end up kind of spending the movie going in a giant circle. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, it's to complete their pentagram. If, uh, oh, is that like supposed to be the path that they're walking as like a five pointed yeah. star? And then okay. when they complete the circle back to their tent, uh, when mm. they get off the boat, that completes the pentagram. Interesting. Um, I had no idea. I don't know. I would not have picked up on that. Yeah. 
Uh, that might have been something that they should have communicated a little more in the movie. <laughs> that was well, the intended. They, they, I guess, ran out of time in splicing in 170 still frames of Astaroth. Or just symbol. the walking. Could they have walked a little less? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so I was like... I was like, yo, Astroth seems pretty dope. And then I read that he was the, his symbol is constantly in the film Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh. Apparently <laughs> the symbol of Astaroth is like a primary thing that they, and I, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but the second I associated Astaroth with a, with a Disney movie, <laughs> right. I, was, I was like this, Not any scary. mystique of this just <laughs> went right out the window. <laughs> That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a slow movie, whether or not that make, whether or not it's a good movie. I don't know from from my perspective. I thought it was a, it was a very engrossing, maybe that's the wrong word. It was a captivating take on very low budget seventies exploitation. I wanted more cannibal story around it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted a more cannibal and Baphomet story. Yeah. Um, I wanted more of a payout. (laughs) Honestly. You mean the seizure at the end of the movie when the gun goes off didn't, uh, wasn't the payout you were looking for? I was, I was looking for, I, I, I think like halfway through the film, I decided that, that, the ending of that was going to pay off, right? I, I expected mm. that to be the ending. Like, I knew what was coming. But the way it ended up happening was so predictable yeah. within the last, like, 15 minutes of the film that I was just like, this is... You could have gone and so... Like, it could have ended... It could have ended at the halfway point when they got into, like, the canoe. It could have just ended right there when he went into the water. It could have ended when they put the end title card up after he smiles at the dog. Nah, I would have been really, really disappointed by that. But But it could have. It would have been great if the dog ate him. Uh, Yeah, if Cerberus turned out to be real? Yeah. That would have been fucking okay. Yeah, that would have been metal as fuck. Um, Just tore him a bit. I would have fast-forwarded through it. I would have had to fast-forward. Yeah, I I was just about to say I would have fast-forwarded through it, but I would have been there for it. Um, (laughs) Because it would have been unexpected. But the way it ended up playing out, I was just like, I was, I knew it was going to happen the moment she pulled him out of the water. Mm. I I legitimately expected him to just drown, and that was going to be the end of the film. Okay. And when that didn't happen, I was like, she is going to kill him. Right. There's no other way out of this. Like she, she create. Well, it's really obvious that she created this whole thing as like mm-hmm. a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And this is just a whole bunch of coincidences, and this is a really shitty situation, right? But then, like the symbols getting spliced on top, I'm like, she can't. Ju- there's, there's gonna be no demon that pops out of like the earth and and kills them both. It's not gonna be anything that she wrote about in the journal. Mm-hmm. Which, They're by the way, be props so to her for some dope artwork. Yeah, that was a really nice looking journal. Yeah, uh, uh, but it's gonna it's gonna play out like something like Blair Witch, right? Like where you are expecting this big set piece to eventually reveal itself, but it never does. Yeah. So keep that in mind because we're gonna come back to Blair Witch in a little bit. Okay. Um, but you might be asking yourself, we're talking about Astaroth. Now we're talking about Cerberus. What the fuck's going on, right? Yeah. There's a ton of mythology and mythos in there this is. movie. We get a hodgepodge of Greek mythology, part of Dante's Inferno, a lot of symbology, and some Latin. 
Uh, not only is this movie heavily inspired, as even admitted by the writers, by John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns, hmm. but it's also pretty much a weird reimagining of Fury of the Demon, which was made in 2016 and presented as a documentary about a supposedly cursed movie <laughs> no uh, shit. created by <laughs> none other than George Malie. Fury of the Demon takes a Ken Burns approach to make-believe, uh, to making make-believe appear real, with actors appearing as eyewitnesses in this film, including directors Alex Aha and uh, Christoph Gans, playing themselves, recounting terrifying trivia about the mysteriously lost movie. Hmm. Completely in on the bit, acting their asses off, talking about a movie that doesn't exist. Really? It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, I don't know how to say it in French, so I'm just going to say, or Alex, how would you say it? Le Rage de Dumont? There you go. Uh, (laughs) Le Rage de Dumont was rumored to be a summoning grimoire in film form. Uh, It's few public screenings resulting in mass hysteria, trampling, and a theater fire that killed several people. Exactly the same kinds of things we heard about with this movie. Uh, Take that as you may. Hmm. The name Antrim also means doorway to hell. And even though the film isn't real, the doorways are rumored to be. Uh, There are doorways all around the world. We've got them in Ireland, Greece, Iceland, Belize, Nicaragua. Wait, this is what's believed? Um, like, yeah, so okay. a lot of people believe that these different gates to hell all exist. Cleveland. In these <laughs> <laughs> Not Cleveland. There's got to be one right here in Cleveland, Cleveland would have made a lot more sense. But there are a couple in the United States. So we've got, uh, in addition to those, we've got China, Japan, Hellum Township in York, Pennsylvania, uh, Stull, Kansas, and Turkmenistan. There's even a storm drain in New Kansas. Jersey, which does make sense, uh, and an inscription that may or may not exist in the catacombs of Paris, marking an entrance to hell. In particular, Kansas's doorway is the most intriguing. The stairs located in the back of the decrepit church on the grounds of a cemetery that leads straight to hell, where strange noises and disappearances are regularly attributed. You guys going down? Wait, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. You going down? If we went to Kansas? Yeah. So I'll be going to Kansas at some point next year. Oh, why are you going to Kansas? Going to Kansas City. Well, yeah, that's my, my immediate reaction is why are you going to Kansas? Yeah, that's my, my immediate reaction is why aren't we just flying over like I usually do. Uh, you should go into the doorway. Uh, if, I can, if we're anywhere near it, I'm going to go. Yeah, um, uh, you report back, buddy. Yeah, from you let me know. I mean, the the one in Jersey is we could go to that one. Is the closest to us. That's that makes sense. But I don't. I, I, have, I don't think I've, we can Jersey down I've been I've been trying to find this stuff. I've I've been doing research. I haven't had a lot of time. Yeah, um, but I'm trying to find out which storm drain. In New I also Jersey. don't think you can just go into a random <laughs> storm drain in New Jersey. That's, that's, yeah, it is that's New Jersey. I think that's you're you allowed to do whatever you run want. Run into a clown, dude. That's just gonna tear your arm right off. No, that's Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, that's Connecticut. Uh, I mean. Look, once you get that There's far out north of the east. <laughs> what, what lurks in the storm drains of New Jersey are guidos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the Astaroth sigil is in this movie 170 times, and we potentially get to see him when he marks Nathan. Um, and I don't even remember what I texted you guys about, but I, I said he looked uh, specifically like somebody um, mm. just from the silhouette. Nathan did? Uh, no, uh, oh, Astaroth. Astaroth. Oh, where is it? Jonathan Davis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a freak on a leash, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's tons of other sigils that haven't been matched up in this movie. Um, there's tons of triangles that show up, often representing summoning symbols. There's a lot of focus on the, the shape of the tent. Uh, there's also talk of grimoires, which, as mentioned, might just be a late addition after seeing Fury of the Demon. I, I can't help but think that these directors slash writers saw Fury of the Demon and said, 
let's create the movie that they're talking about. Right. Um, and then again, there's lots and lots of Latin in this movie, including what could only be the filmmakers telling everybody that Behemoth is the best band of all time. <laughs> the text, Abyssus Abyssum Invocat, scrawled across one of the scenes. Uh, <laughs> nothing more cursed and creepy than dead languages. Um, <laughs> That's very true. I will, I will say... The opening of the Satanist by Behemoth is still <laughs> is still the most metal thing I think I've heard in a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as these two kids are trying to dig their way to hell, each layer they encounter is a step further into the abyss. It begins in limbo with the grieving suicidal man, the Japanese fella in the forest, uh, and continues from there. We only get five of Dante's nine layers, though. Uh, they're named Nefastus, meaning forbidden wicked, uh, Maleficus, meaning evil or cursed, Demonium, meaning house of hell, uh, incarnates Demetes, which means the abandoned flesh or fear in the flesh, and abyssus, meaning unfathomable. Each layer is also an amalgamation of several of Dante's. Lust and gluttony get tied together and appear in the backwood killer segment. Heresy, fraud, and treachery are tied up to the sister's lie all at once. And Sounds like a Between the Buried and Me song. Right. I know. Heresy, <laughs> heresy, fraud, and treachery. Uh, and then rage and violence are uh, tied together in the final act. Once they get to the last layer, though, it is too late to escape. Uh, and as Palmer mentioned with Cerberus, we get a nice dose, a uh, nice healthy dose of some Greek mythology. The three-headed hound of hell and the river Styx. Uh, in Greek mythology, of course, Cerberus roamed the banks of Styx, tasked with keeping the spirits from escaping. And in Dante's Inferno, Cerberus lives in the third layer of hell. Uh, throughout the film, Nathan and Orly hear chains rattling as if he's come to the mouth of hell. And in the finale, Nathan frees a dog or a wolf that's become trapped in a giant bear trap. Um, or I guess in his case, wolf trap, right? Also, um, the fact that that little boy was able to open up that trap. Those things take a ton of fucking pressure. They really do. There's um, no, absolutely no way he could do that. The metal animal trap and chains were what would have been making the noise throughout the movie. And Nathan smiles as the dog runs away. And we get a weird, abrupt ending title card mm-hmm. uh, as he like smiles. And I'm expecting him to like look at the, the wolf as he runs <laughs> away and just like thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I did it. Yeah. Just like uh, the ending of Benji, it just zooms in <laughs> on the kid's face. That's what I kept waiting for. Um, so the question is, did Nathan release the Guardian of Hell and then set all the demons free? And then we've got a scene uh, a little bit earlier that might be Sharon himself ferrying a poor naked soul across the river. Um, is that what that was supposed to be? What was it supposed to be, sorry? Uh, Charon. Charon the, oh, right. Charon the fairy master, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so again, there's only five layers in this movie compared that to Dante's makes sense. nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a stretch, but that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that. Okay. Nathan eventually reveals to his sister after after Orly says that she made it all up that uh, he knew she was lying and that this demon had been stalking him for quite some time. Uh, and it's probably what caused his dog to bite him, which is why his dog's in hell in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, okay. if your dog bites you once, it's just it's straight down for that. Well, they had to like put it down or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. they euthanized him. Yeah, yeah. because of that. Because so. he was a bitey dog. But yeah, it's the mom thought it was hilarious. Bad boy. He's mom. a bad boy. Bad boy. Bad boy. But he's, bad boy. I mean, he was just biting the demons. Yeah. Don't trust some demons. Yeah. Um, and he's he was apparently, boy, inf- Nathan was infested with evil before anything in the film even took place. So Nathan's evil. Yeah. Mm. How so, did he get evil though? Because the dog bit him. Oh. This evil dog. But I thought him. the dog bit him because he was evil. Also possible. Yeah, so he Nathan fe- is he the Antichrist. Silas, evil. your son, your little boy in in I'm assuming uh, how old would we say Nathan is? 8, eight 9. nine? So yeah, in X, it, in X number of future years your little boy is going to reveal himself as the Antichrist when one of your dogs bites him. I mean, I would if, not be so surprised. If, <laughs> if that is the way it's supposed to be, that I is mean, the way it goes. It 
<laughs> as long as I don't end up like the mother of the Antichrist in oh, all you horror you don't, movies. You then, don't want to be Rosemary? No, I don't want to be Rosemary. <laughs> I don't want to be the mom from The Omen. Like, I just want to be... She lets me live. The final little piece before we get into the couple of questions I have about this movie. Mm-hmm. Why? Wait, 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 hold on. You just said if he lets you live? So you're okay with it if he's like, all right, yeah. you get to live. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm gonna enslave the rest of humanity. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Can I just be make, like... Just make sure we're I want to be the... Boat. I get to be the mom of the Antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was okay. pretty dope. Okay, okay, that was pretty okay, dope. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen a resume that said that. I wasn't sure if you were for that or against that. No, right. I'm, I wanna, no, I'm for it. You've made your stance very clear. <laughs> I am for it. So why tonight seems to be the night of long movie titles that are really fucking dumb? And yeah. why you have to say Antrim, the deadliest film ever made? Mm. Is, Here it comes, Alex. Is, it's the reason. It is the reason. Because of the fact that I really think they saw... Fury of the Demon. Okay. And we're like, let's just make the movie they're talking about. Right. Fury of the Demon was the official title of this movie that came out in 2016 with the tagline on all of its posters as the most dangerous movie of all time. (laughs) This is such a crock of bullshit. (laughs) Why do you got to be so fucking specific? So you have Fury of the Demon, the most dangerous movie of all time that came out in 2016. Now, the, the most dangerous movie, of course, as the tagline. This has, in its official title, the deadliest film ever made. Okay. Is it also the most dangerous? Probably. <laughs> I'm expecting that there's going to be some weird retcon where there's going to be a sequel to Fury of the Demon. Okay. Which is actually just Alex Aha talking about this movie instead. Okay, I'm talking about Antrim, yeah. the deadliest movie ever made. Yes, and now you've got it. <laughs> now I've got that it. That's a full title. <laughs> that would be. So now, whenever someone asks me what one of my least favorite horror movies are, we, we cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Antrim, the deadliest <laughs> movie ever made. <laughs> so, a couple of questions for you guys: uh, How much does this movie feel or look like it wanted to be Cannibal Holocaust? It definitely had that. Or kind is of... it just because of the way it was shot to make it look like it was shot in the seventies? I yeah. Are we just used to seeing, like, clean, modern, digital everything? Oh, I I really think... Yeah, we are. But, like, I also think this was, like, more... uh, Well... Do we really... Are we supposed to believe that that guy was actually fucking an actual dead deer? Yes. And stole its horns to put on his bandana? Yeah, because he's he's a demon that was illustrated in the book. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? Okay. Yeah, he's 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 supposed to be, right? Like living up to what he he was animated to be, right? So like, but I mean, are we supposed to think that it's real? Yeah, I think I th- well that's that. So that that's so how do you, the, how do you guys feel about it? How do you guys feel about that aspect of it? But, but with I all think, the additional shit that was edited in, cut in the snuff film part of it. Oh. I mean, that was weird too. So there, 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 there's the snuff film that. edits, the snuff film edits that are put me. in. There's all, there, there's all the iconography that's added in. Um, there's, there was a really bizarre scene, kind of, I guess, in the middle when they're, you see them walking um, from far away, and then it's almost like the the movie stops, but you see the demon in the sky in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was Antrim? So suspending belief that this is a fake movie. If this is a real movie. When Antrim was created in the 70s, was it still, was it 
always the deadliest film, or was it only the deadliest film after they started splicing in all of those runes and summoning sigils? So I think, et cetera, et I think et cetera. Antrim was the 1979 movie. Right. Was Antrim, deadly? the deadliest film ever made, uh-huh. is the documentary beginning and ending parts. Okay. With Antrim in the middle, but right? what I'm saying, them talking about Antrim. But I'm saying, like the the movie as it came out in the '70s. If we're just talking about the pre-snuff scenes, right? Was it always the deadliest movie? No, it hadn't killed anybody yet. It okay. hadn't killed anybody until it went to the theater in Budapest. And so, in that, and that, at that point, had the things already been inserted? The, the sigils? No, all that got added later. Like okay, so it was already or, or somewhere along the way. But I'm saying, was it a deadly movie before the sigils and runes were right. inserted, or was it a deadly? Well, that's, so they say they don't. Question, they say actually. they don't know who or when added or when they were added okay. any of those extra any of the extra footage, mm-hmm. uh, and they say that it they in in the the opening documentary portion they mentioned that uh, it had gone. It seemed like it had gone under multiple revisions. One to add the sigils, right, and then another one to add, to the, add snuff. the snuff film, right. Mm. Um, Okay. But I don't remember if they said all of that was added before the 1988 showing in Budapest. Okay, because they said like a cult got a hand. Like, yeah. A, a That's a good question. Head. I didn't even think about that. And I'm wondering if, if it's the original in its original form, if it's just a movie about two kids digging to hell. Well, I'm, pretty, that... I'm pretty sure they say, they say at some point in the documentary that they believe that the footage of the snuff film stuff was added yeah. after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but that's a good question. I didn't even think about. It. I, I, what, did that? What? What if that's the reason we figuratively can watch it now? What if that's the lore of it? Is because like the snuff film shit got added in and it took away from. Mm. Like, it took it away all the power. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Mm. That's a. That's a question. Yeah. It's ambiguous. Just I like, like this it. movie. <laughs> I like. I might. It. I might respect this movie a little bit more. <laughs> uh but so the biggest the biggest thing for me is is are they in hell? Are they actually in hell, or are they, or is hell just is hell just humanity? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it's following Dante's Inferno, they are in hell. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's little black goblins like running around. Yeah, but is it in their heads? Because have they created this shit? Like, because like the kid, the little kid's the first one to see the little goblins, right? Right. But he believes genuinely that this is hell, right? Like right. his whole thing and about she, screaming about Cerberus like drove me insane. The Cerberus, Cerberus, <laughs> yeah. Cerberus. That scene went on way too long. Yeah. Um, so he thinks, but like, but she doesn't think she's seeing them until the end of the movie, right? right. And so she does. She knows, like she knows, she created this. Yes. But somehow, it's the power of imagination. She's she's put this idea into her little brother's head, but and he, he's gone off and run with it, and he won't stop screaming about it. And now it's starting to fuck with her. Like, oh shit, maybe maybe this is. That's real. the thing. Is it fucking with her, or is it actually? Are they actually in hell every or getting deeper and deeper every time? He's like, oh, we're in the next. It's the next level. Yeah, it's the next level. Yeah. Like, it's is he actually? Because shit gets darker and darker the deeper yeah. they go. But you never know as the viewer whether or not it's reality or if it. I assume personally that it's shifting into like they are actually going into hell. Shit gets a little too funky. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. But like you could you could make an argument, and one of the things that I saw uh, being discussed on Reddit about this movie, one of the only positive things <laughs> that I, if, I, if I'm totally honest, I could find about being discussed about this movie is whether or not it makes mm-hmm. a very good case for being both. Yeah. Well, well so, that's, oh, sorry, go ahead. My my perspective on it 
is you know Palmer, you're an only child. You've got a bunch of half and step siblings, but I right. think you're the oldest out of them, right? Yeah. So I've got two older sisters, and this is exactly the kind of <laughs> bullshit that my middle sister would have absolutely fucking pulled on me, Dude. making this kind of shit up to fuck with me as a kid. But she wasn't doing uh, it to fuck with him. She was doing it to help him. Yeah, but but it fucked with it. But it fucked with it anyways. It fucked with it. It was a pretty shitty way to try to help. This is this is the kind of thing that consequences. But she did it because she she was worried about it. Yeah, it's an unintentional consequence in this case. In my case, it would would actually like one hundred percent been intentional for my sister to like fuck with me in this way. For sure. My my cousin. All right. My cousin lived with me for a long period of time when I was a kid. She was she was uh, yeah, practically yeah, yeah, yeah. a sister yeah. to right, me. Right, right, right. She would literally make treasure maps that she would go so much. She would put so much effort into it. She almost set her house on fire once. But she would burn, burn the, the edges, edges. Uh, yeah. of the treasure maps, yeah. and and they would be so detailed. And I would go, and I would go, and I got fucking lost as mm. fuck. One was day. there treasure? No. She just made, she never just made these maps. Uh, she just made these maps, but I believed her every single not time. Not going to say your name on here, but what the fuck? <laughs> and she believed, and, and I got lost as shit. Oh, and my parents had to come, were like, my mom was driving around uh-huh. trying to find me. And it was like, it, it wasn't that, like, no. that late, they right? But it's late for me because I was so young. It was like 8.30 or something. Uh-huh. I was still, like, wandering the streets. Looking and my fucking treasure. mom And my mom fucking found And she lost it. It was that. And then, <laughs> and then and then this one other time she told me that if I ate a water, I ate a watermelon seed. And I was like, oh, my God, I ate the seed. I, I didn't uh, mean to. Yep, yep. And she was like, it's going to grow in your stomach. You. It's going to grow inside die. you. It's going to die. My sister told me the same shit. Oh, yeah. man. She also yeah. told me that if you see a sky turn green. Uh-huh. That means a tornado is going to land exactly on your house. <laughs> so I see, but I get it, dude. I had I had that experience, yeah. so I understand. Uh, <laughs> you didn't do that to your brothers? No. Good lord, what's wrong with you? You you missed out. <laughs> it traumatized us. Right? Clearly, I didn't traumatize my brother enough. I just ignored him. <laughs> but I feel like sort of when you with what you're saying, like you know, are they actually in hell or are they sort of just you know, willing it so because they believe it so much. That's kind of the whole point of the the Antrim being the deadliest movie ever, right? It's because people believe that it is. That's what they were saying at the yeah. end. It's like, the power of belief. It's the power of belief and suggestion, right? That these people are believing it so much that that it becomes cursed because they believe it's cursed. Yeah, there, there's, there's a snippet in the uh, in the, the <laughs> okay. documentary. There's a, there's a snippet in the documentary at the end, the documentary portion where they're talking about this uh, like Aboriginal tribe somewhere. Yeah. Um, where there's a, a witch doctor of some sort who the the villagers believed he had the power uh, that if he pointed at somebody, uh, that within 48 hours they would be dead. Um, and the argument is that it's it's a, a self fulfilling prophecy and a self willed death, um, hmm. because that that idea is so ingrained within you. Right. Okay. Um, and I feel like a lot of this movie is kind of that way. Like if if you if you look into the marketing <laughs> behind it, um, but that brings up my last question for this movie: okay. Is it possible to make a movie like this or Blair Witch Project nowadays? The original Blair Witch came out in '99. Uh, which Jesus as, Christ was it ninety nine? Yes. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> oh uh, which was still the dark ages of the internet, which really played to its favor. Yeah. But now it's easy to find any information about anything, like the ages of the actors in a movie supposedly made in the seventies, with <laughs> claimed occurrences like the San, San Francisco riots or a showing of this movie in the eighties that caused the movie theater to burn down when people started combusting in the crowd. What kind of marketing would it actually take to create something that had the mystique of the Blair Witch Project in twenty twenty one or onward? 
Not very much. Look at Paranormal Activity. That wasn't that long ago. But do people didn't think that was real. Dude, people went in that theater like legitimately freaking. I saw that in a crowded theater in the middle of Georgetown. And people thought that that and was... And people were freaking the fuck out. Paranormal Activity is longer ago than you thought it was. How long ago was it? 2007. Really? Yeah. Holy fuck. So if you think back in 2007... <laughs> Think about what Facebook was oh, in 2007. No, I guess you're right. Yeah, you still Holy needed fuck, a college idea was, to get in. That wasn't that long ago. I think you'd have to do a lot of back work if you want to try and make it believable. You'd, the, ha- you'd have to create articles. You'd the, have to because if you go if like, you go yeah. and look up any of the stuff that you read about this, yeah. everything directs back to this movie. Yeah, and directs back to. How this is all just that? made up. Ooh, so the only thing that I could think of, I don't remember the name of the movie. It, I don't think it was about a boy or something like that. No, that's it, a British rom-com. Okay. <laughs> there's, some, there's some movie where it, it was like a 18-year-long production where they, they filmed the, the, right. this kid growing up. Yes. I feel like you would have to do something like that knowing exactly what your end game is. Yeah. And you'd have to start putting out those articles and whatnot boy, now boy. And then release the movie like ten years. Like this has to be some like okay like a computer. Long con. This has to be some like okay computer level like boyhood. galaxy brain shit. Boyhood. boyhood. Okay. This has to be some galaxy brain like okay computer uh, ten kind of mashup shit where like you, everybody knows like and I think Tool did the same thing where like if you play the records together or back to back. Fucking Tool. But, the, <laughs> but but like okay computer yeah. was the same way. Right. Uh, okay computer and ten there were. They were written fucking radio. <laughs> they, they were written to be played to be together, together yeah. even though those records came out ten years apart. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You have to do some sort of long con shit like that to get away with this kind of movie now. And is it worth it, really? And uh, that's the question. I think, I think had they done something like that with this movie, they possibly could have. If actually, they had the foresight to yeah. do something because it's true. You can't just the first thing you Google it. The first thing that pops up is like this isn't real. Yeah. And it, it, so you can never dispend any of the illusion that it's the deadliest film ever made. Right. But I think that this was an interesting to pit one. To, and this was ultimately, this was your suggestion, and Alex. It was. Uh, I think this was an interesting one to pick. Mm-hmm. And when we were looking over, that's kind of why I was like, hey, let's cover this one. Because yeah. like, like, even though it's not a really great film, there's nothing like... Aside from some of the cinematography <laughs> choices, which once again all applied, mm-hmm. like there is nothing truly stand out about this movie. Yeah, the I guy think fucking it, the deer is literally the only thing I think about from this I movie. I mean, the Baphomet statue was yeah, pretty, the yeah, dick with that big, big, with a giant big dong in its head. Penis. I need a big penis like. Yep. Yeah. Just, like it was the handle for the stomach. Yeah. It's. It opened and closed with the dick. It's extremely phallic. It was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, I don't. But there wasn't. There it wasn't. Made me any, laugh. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true though. Yeah. Like, I just like, remember the dicks. The whole movie was very weirdly like sexual. I don't know. Like the whole movie. Like fucking. They can't stop. Fo- he the brother can't stop focusing on his sister's feet. Like throughout the course of the fucking film. And that's like, how we end up with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> like. Uh, that whole tent scene where she's like, well, he's just like, well, your feet stink. And yeah. he's just like, he's just like focused. He yeah. is focused he on those like fucking feet. feet. Or maybe he likes it too and much. I think he likes, I think thou dost protest too much. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't talk about this him is, like that. This 
versus some fucking hay step, sis. <laughs> I see you in that uh, trapped in the washing machine. Let me help you out there. Well, we know what Palmer watches on this one. I'm just saying, dude, like this, the whole film dude, is just, like... I just want you to accept that you just unveiled a lot to our listeners. Oh, yeah. right there. <laughs> I mean, just, it pops up on the For You page. Yeah, dude, like, it's, like, it's, just, it's just there, man. What do you want? Like, who's watching this? Everybody. Uh, I don't know. This whole movie is just very strange. Like everything about it is just so strange. And I think that's the part that makes it the most Mm -hmm. intriguing because like I said, there's nothing remarkable about it. The story kind of meanders from place to place. (laughs) We all agree there's way too much walking. There's fucking, there's fucking good cinematography. The dialogue is all terrible. The fucking... Like, but the dialogue's terrible in the sense that it's what you'd expect from a from movie a like this. From a Heidi, is what I expect this kind of dialogue wow, from. Wow, Heidi, <laughs> yeah, like the oh, original yeah, Heidi okay, film. So in the, can we just talk about Heidi really quickly? Because I have these like I can't, <laughs> in Heidi, does she push? That girl in the wheelchair down the hill? Dude, yes! yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if I was remembering that wrong. No, yeah, it's 100%. Okay. Heidi's <laughs> <laughs> <I was> a bitch. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, like, I expect that kind of dialogue from a fucking, like, like set piece from the 70s, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is really basic. Like, yeah. let's get from plot point to plot point. But, like, this is just... Ultimately, guerrilla filmmaking, and I think that that combined with some of the intrigue that's like built up at the start of the mm-hmm. film, it's it's one of those things that gets its hooks into you as a premise, mm-hmm. and yes. you want to see where it goes, and as a result, you get really into it. Yeah, yeah. and then, then it's like forty five an hour. I don't know how long it's. It was. No, it was like an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Too film. long, too long. And then you get into it, and the more the farther along you get. The less your the more your curiosity wanes, yes. right? And and but you 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 kind of want to see it through, yes. right? So you don't stop watching. And so in that regard, like I think it's genius the way they started <laughs> this up, the way they kind of have marketed it, because I'm sure they didn't have the budget to kind of plan no. putting articles in. No. in the Do we fucking, know what the budget is for this movie? It can't. It could not have been very high. Let's see if I'm going to see if I can. Find I it. would be very surprised. Sixty thousand dollars. I was going to say I would be very surprised if it's over a hundred thousand dollars. Sixty grand. It's it's minimal. But I think what they did with sixty grand and the way that they marketed it mm-hmm. is genius for that budget, and oh, I can't, sure. I cannot applaud it enough. Like way to get your film on the radar because and then the Blair t- Witch was sixty thousand oh, dollars. Oh, really? The Blair Witch was only sixty thousand dollars. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Twenty plus years ago, though, sixty thousand dollars is the biggest. The biggest piece of fucking like like special effects that happens is the snot coming out of the girl's nose. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I took my parents... I made my parents take me to go see that in the movie. I theater. did, too. And I remember walking out of there being like, why? Why? <laughs> I, I liked it. Like, uh, I don't know. So what are we rating this out of? Uh, deer fuckers. Deer fuckers. Horned deer fuckers. Horned deer fuckers. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I think okay. I will give this... Three horned deer fuckers. Mm. I was kind of like thinking two point five, but I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'll give it a three. Okay. I'll give it. A, I'll give it two and a half deer fuckers. Okay. Yeah, we're going, I'm going with the two point five. Two point five. I, I got to applaud the myth building yes. in this movie. Yes. Um, also, just like 
knowing what they were able to get away with with the inserted footage and the back frame mm-hmm. stills and everything like just that that scene where they're walking on the hill and then the movie stops while you see the sky behind them with the mm-hmm. demon like it went on for a long time and like they knew it they knew exactly how long they were dragging that out for mm-hmm Anybody else, I feel like they would have done like five or ten seconds and been mm-hmm. like, nope, that's enough. Like, yeah. no, they these guys are like, nope, we, we're going to keep going. It was yeah. arguably one of the more creepy parts of the whole movie. And I think, <laughs> I think that's the kind of stuff they did really well with this. Yeah. yeah. But too much walking, and I don't care about anybody that weren't the cannibals, honestly. Yeah. The candle. I found the cannibals way more interesting than they had the most personality than Orly and more Nathan. Demon cam- that yeah. one, I will say that. So that one scene where we first after post deer fucking, mm-hmm. when said antler man walks through the tent, it's very uh, like Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way he the camera like follows behind mm-hmm. and they like swerve. It's uh, it's. It's a well-shot scene that added a lot of presence to two characters that didn't have... or They had probably the most dialogue in the film because they, I think they say over the course of their dialogue, they speak to each other more than the brother and sister do throughout like, the course of the film. Right. You, you have, have no idea what they're Unless you speak... You have no idea what they're saying. No subtitles, no nothing. Yeah. Um, but I think that adds to like I, I think there's something kind of genius about that yeah. um, if I'm I totally agree. honest because of the fact that you have like <laughs> I bet they're just talking about recipes for like what kind of like root vegetables and spices Probably. they should throw in the baphomet while they're cooking the Japanese it's like, guy. Probably, yeah. It's like the first time you listen to fucking Duhas by Ramstein right, yes. and it's like the most fucking sinister thing you think it's uh, you've ever heard in your life. And then and, you Google the and lyrics. Google, and it's just, you have me. <laughs> and you're just like, what? Industrial music changed today. Yeah. Because yeah, like in my head I'm watching that scene and he starts yelling at his brother or friend or whoever it is while he's fucking the deer. And I'm just like, he's probably just yelling at him to like go check the thing because the guy's like burning to a crisp yeah. and it's not going to be edible. Yeah. We don't want to burn the Japanese guy. We'd like to eat him. Yeah. So stop fucking that deer, stop please. Stop fucking the deer and pull the fucking roast out. Yeah, yeah. dude. Fuck that don't deer Don't burn the roast. Yeah, the, deer, the deer's not going anywhere. We're not going to eat the deer. Don't worry about the deer. We want people. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want a sequel to this that's about the cannibals. Yeah, I agree. Mm. And just what they do, their day to day life. I want I, <laughs> I want Antrim, not yet the deadliest movie that's never going to be made. Mm. I want I want that sequel. Okay. okay, I'd like to watch that. So yeah, two and a, two and a half deer fuckers for me. So what is that total five? It's kind of what, like I think it's two six five something like that. Is it a six 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 six? Oh no, because no, it, it was be. two us. Oh, it might be. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Five plus two point. It's eight. No. <laughs> yeah, two point six six six. Yes. Is it really? Yeah. My God, dude. We've done it. This is the deadliest episode we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> we've covered it all, you guys. I'm in. I'm in. We uh, hit. We hit literally every single possible thing we could hit with this episode. To our listeners, we've loved you. We we are glad that you waited for us on our hiatus. We are only sorry that you lasted two weeks. Uh, if for some reason yeah, you somehow make now. it back, if, <laughs> if for some reason you're here next week, um, let us know. Uh, tell us that our curses and this movie's curses, probably this movie's curses, our curses mm-hmm. are real, but this movie's curses are full of shit. Uh, if you don't make it, well, it was nice having you around. 
Yeah. Uh, write in and let me know if you can hear my dog. Mm. Uh, because it is a thing that I am pretty sure continues to, yeah, <laughs> to <right>. happen. <laughs> She's one of us now. She is. Um, expect her to be a pretty... Pretty regular member of podcast from here on. Good out. thing she's not a deer, am I right? <laughs> oh, <yuck. laughs> uh, as always, it's time for the housekeeping. Uh, you can follow us on social media like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Terror and Podito. You can follow us individually too. I'm Palmer at Sturmsworth. I'm Alex at A Looters. I'm Sam at Sam Heaps, but don't bother following me. I just lurk these days. You, you posted something the other day. No, I did not. Did you retweet something the other day? I retweeted something. I I retweeted our episode back. Okay. Okay. I'm uh, I'm also on Instagram as a looters, and I post Mm -hmm. there a lot more. Mm -hmm. I'm more into Instagram. Yeah, you're uh, you're pretty good at the picture taking. I do like picture taking. You are very good. I also have been into making custom wreaths. You're pretty good at that too. It turns out you're a pretty crafty person. It's like somebody who went to art school is pretty crafty. Just give me a blue guy, bitch. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more of what you have come to know and love from us. As always, Alex. Toodles. Yeah. <laughs>